Well, good evening. Merry Christmas. Three days away. How many of you guys are ready for Christmas to be here? Anybody? Well, there's not very many hands up. Um, how many of you guys still have Christmas shopping to do? Oh, that's good. No, not many hands up there either. How many guys did your last-minute Christmas shopping today? Oh, there they are. There they are. There's all the hands. Well, um, uh, yeah, Christmas is just around the corner, and uh, I'm excited. My name is Chris Parrish. I am uh, part of the teaching team down here at Rimrock downtown, and uh, I want to say thank you guys for coming tonight. Uh, if this is your first time, welcome, and we're glad that you're here. Um, so tonight, um, I get to jump into the Advent series that we are on um, leading up to Christmas, and um, I get uh, a unique um, topic to kind of dive into, or passage to dive into, and it's literally um, talking on a song, and it's the song that Mary sang, the song that we just heard, and I want to just point out that it is a song, and um, for those of you, uh, of you that know me well, um, know that uh, if I'm not up here preaching in, in, within this church, uh, I'm often up here leading you guys in worship through song. And one of my passions is music. Um, and I just, I love music and what it does and how it communicates. And, um, and I believe that there's something just special and very meaningful to, um, to music. And I think that I like it and I think that it's meaningful to me um, for a lot of the same reasons that it's meaningful to um, everyone else. And I have not met very many people that would say that they don't enjoy music, all right? Um, I don't know if you guys have, but I just have not met very many people who have said that. Um, and I think that it's because music is, is meaningful because music is transcendent. Music goes beyond the boundaries that typically... Um, hold us in, goes beyond the boundaries that t- typically um, contain us, okay? Because music can just do that for us. It can bring us to places that we normally wouldn't be, right? Um, emotionally and spiritually. And, um, and so I think that music is just transcendent. And let me explain a, a, a few different ways that music is transcendent through, uh, through time, uh, music transcends time in that, that it can bring you back to a place that you remember, that you know. And it can bring you back with memories um, to places of joy, to places of sadness. Um, I know for me, um, if you were to play the worship song, this is going to date me and bring me back, okay? If you were to play the worship song in the secret, it, <laughs> it would bring me back to a place when I first met Jesus and began my relationship with Jesus. And that is a joyful, meaningful place for me. It was one of the first worship songs that I ever learned. In the secret, in the quiet place, you know? Sonic Flood, man. Yeah, they got to make a comeback or something. Woo! But also, um, I know that uh, my wife and I have this song that if I mentioned it, and especially if I played it, it would bring us back to places that would bring us so much joy. And it's a song called That's So You by The Rocket Summer, right? And it would bring us back to this place where we were first dating 
And I played it for her and like dedicated it to her and it was so meaningful. And then we ended up dancing to it to our, in our wedding. And it would just bring us back to places of joy, right? It'd bring us back in time. It transcends time. It also transcends culture, right? That throughout the ages, years and decades and centuries and millennia, all cultures have had music tied to it and been connected through music throughout history, and also geographically, um, all cultures around the world have a unique connection to music, right? Um, I was at a, uh, a conference for Young Life. Um, I work for Young Life here in Rapid City. We're a, a nonprofit outreach ministry to high school kids here in Rapid City, but it's a national organization, and actually it's an international organization in over a hundred different countries, and we were at this conference in Florida, and um, there was over 6,000 staff people from Young Life from all across the world, right? And we were in this session, and we were singing worship songs, and on the stage, there was people from, from Africa, and from Ireland, and from China, and from all across the world coming together and singing worship songs together. And I think Jesus brought us together, and he used music to do it. And so music can transcend and cross the boundaries of culture as well. It can cross the boundaries of generations too, and, and, and bridge a generational gap. Like I said, I work for Young Life with high school kids, and I was bringing one of my high school friends home uh, one night, and um, I was just asking him, hey, what kind of music you listen to? And I'm expecting, you know, rap or, you know, just something that I don't connect with, you know, um, or like hardcore music, whatever. And, uh, and he's like, uh, Credence. And I'm like, say what? You listen to Credence? Credence Clearwater Rev- Revival. Yeah, CCR, man. So we put on Credence and we jammed a Credence all the way home. It was awesome. I mean, that's outside of my generation, you know? So it's crossing into my generation and my generation to his generation. It's, it's spanning generations, right? And it can cross and bridge that, that gap. It transcends emotion and that music touches a deep place in us that mere words just cannot, okay? And it moves us to places. It, it'll move us to, to cry when we're like not even in the mood for crying. <laughs> it'll move us to dance when we're not in the mood for dancing. And, and music can move us to, to places that transcend and go beyond our understanding. And I think it's, that it's for this reason that Mary chooses song to communicate what she's feeling and what she's experiencing in this moment. Because in this moment, um, Mary has, has found out that she is carrying the the savior of the world in her womb. The one that is going to bring peace on earth and joy to men. She has found this out and she is now sharing this experience and this this time with her sister Elizabeth who is also pregnant with John the Baptist, right? So they're just like giddy. They're, you know, like um, talking to each other and they're, um, this Mary chooses song to communicate what she's going through right here. And I think that that song um, is common throughout the Bible 
to communicate something um, that mere words cannot, but it's to communicate God's victories in our life. Right? Song is common throughout the Bible to declare God's victories, but also to remember them. And this right here is why I think that Mary chooses song, in order to remember God's victories. We see it throughout the whole Bible. You look in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 15. The Israelites have just crossed the Red Sea and, and fleed and gotten away from the Egyptian army. They've been rescued by God from the Egyptian army. Um, and how do they respond to God? Exodus 15 through song. They sing a song. Actually, an interesting thing to do, um, uh, I encourage you to do it when you go home, is go read Exodus chapter 14 and 15 side by side, right? One right after the other. And Exodus, they, they say the same things. Exodus 14 tells a narrative, just the story, the exact, this is what happened, okay? And then Exodus 15 sings a song, a song about it. Read them side by side and tell me which one moves you. The song will move you. And it brings you to the, to the experience and to the understanding of what they're, they're really trying to communicate. It almost um, communicates better than just telling the story. And we see it on and on throughout Psalms. The book of Psalms is, is a book dedicated to song and poetry. Right? And we see it that they use song for... Um, warriors and armies to go out with their battle cry and they sing the songs as they go out into battle declaring God's faithfulness and his strength and then they sing the songs coming home from battle declaring God's faithfulness and his strength did you know that one in three chapters out of the bible one in three chapters out of the entire bible is either song or poetry that almost a third of the Bible is a song or a poem. And that means that a third of the Bible is not merely trying to communicate information or content. It's trying to create an experience that shapes you, that shapes how you think and how you feel. So a third of the Bible is trying to do this, and Mary enters into this. Mary uh, communicates what she's feeling and experiencing and tries to create this experience through song. So what is Mary experiencing and feeling, and what experience is she creating that she wants to communicate through the song? <laughs> the first... Um, as we look at the first two, cha- two verses in this, this chapter, she says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. This song, this, this verse, just communicates right off the bat that this song was birthed in joy. That joy was the core of this song. Um. When it says, when Mary sings, my soul, my spirit rejoices, that word rejoices actually comes from a Greek word that I'm going to completely botch if I try to say it, Um, egaliason, okay? 
Egaliasin, which means uh, to jump for joy. Okay? It actually comes from, that word comes from two different Greek words put together. It'd be similar to our word extra or extraordinary that comes from extra and ordinary, right? Put it together makes a new word. Those two words, the first one would mean very much and the other one would mean leap or jump, right? So in this, Mary is like jumping and leaping with joy. Her spirit And I can just see it. Remember, she's with Elizabeth, her sister, right? And I can just see it. You know how women get together and they're like really excited for each other, right? And they just like grab their hands and they're just like jumping. And they do that screechy voice, that like that shrill of something. You know, I can see that, right? That's a good word picture to describe this, this idea that this is birthed out of pure joy, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. I know you know. Anyways. Pure joy is what this is, this is um, birthed from. So, but this is a joy that comes from something outside of themselves. This is a joy that comes from outside of, of Mary and outside of what the world can offer. The world cannot offer this joy and it cannot take it away. And this is a joy that just comes upon her. It's a joy that comes upon us that we can't just muster up inside of us. You ever try to just muster up joy and make it happen? It doesn't go very well. But it's the joy that just comes upon you, that just makes you burst out in laughter. That is the pure joy. So this is a joy that comes upon her because honestly, her circumstance and what Mary was probably going through probably did not warrant Uh, joy from an outside perspective because Mary was in a situation from an outside perspective she was in a dreadful situation she was engaged and betrothed to Joseph and finds out she's now pregnant which from an outside look looks very bad and she could have easily been charged with adultery and with the full recourse of the law at that time, the Mosaic law, she could have been stoned and killed for that. Joseph had every right to just leave her. And if he would have, she would have been, uh, her life would have been very difficult. Probably been unmarriable and wouldn't have been taken care of. So she's in this, this place where in normal circumstances and from an outside perspective, we would think, how can you have joy in that? But Mary finds joy because she doesn't see that. She sees the joy that the Lord is doing. She sees the joy from the Lord and understands exactly what's happening and exactly what he is doing. And this is a joy that comes upon her. This is a joy that overwhelms her and this is a joy that causes the trials in her life to pale in comparison. That those trials, I mean, they're nothing. You know what I have? I have the Lord and his promises in me, with me. And the Lord is for me. 
and she sings about it. And if the chorus and the anthem of, the, of this song is joy, then here are the verses. How great is the giver of this joy. How amazing is he. And how far-reaching are the receivers of the joy. It reaches beyond. So out of this joy that comes upon Mary, she sings of these things. Number one, she sings of and acknowledges the giver of the joy. And um, so she sings of, the, of acknowledging the giver. She sings, For he has looked upon the humble. She has looked on the humble estate of this, his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. So it, it almost sounds like she's like focusing on her, but she's not. It's exactly, exactly the opposite. She's focusing on God and his greatness. And it reminds me of David as he sings in the psalm, Psalm 8, verse 4. What is man that you are mindful of me? the son of man, that you would care for me. And that Mary recognizes that it's God doing this. It is him. I'm just simply receiving what God is doing. And because of that, I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to be blessed because I know exactly what God is doing. And that's where that joy comes from. Right? And so she acknowledges who's giving the joy. And then she reminds us of who the receiver is. You know, you know you have pure joy when you not only can find joy within yourself, regardless of your circumstances, but when you can find joy for others, regardless of your circumstances that you see beyond yourself. You see joy for others. And the hope of that joy for others. And I think that that's what Mary says in the rest of this. As she speaks, she sings, His mercy is for those who fear Him. From generation to generation, He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones. He has exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich He has sent away empty. He has helped His servant Israel. In remembrance of His mercy, He has spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. I believe that by remembering God's mercies in the past, Mary assumes the future. Mary knows that God's promises in the past means that he's going to continue to do them in the future, and this is how he's doing it. The past assumes the future, both in the positive and in the negative. If you look at human history and look at the past of humans and mankind taking it upon themselves and trying to do it on their own, it's not good. And it assumes that the future will be the same. 
if man continues to do that. But if you look at the past and you look at God's faithfulness and what he has done and the promises that he has fulfilled over and over and over again, the past assumes the future and the future looks good because God is good and he is faithful and he will continue to do those things. The past assumes the future. So by giving God the glory for what he has done, Mary finds joy for the future and what he is going to do. What he's going to do by pouring out his mercies on those who have faced injustice, pouring out his mercies on those who have been oppressed, on those who have gone unnoticed and left unsatisfied. Mary assumes and knows without a doubt because of God's faithfulness in the past that he is doing this in the future and this is for us. This is for us. So we celebrate by entering into Mary's joy with her. By looking at Jesus. Mary is full of joy because she knows the Savior of the world has come and she gets to be used by God to bring that into the world. But it's about Jesus. It's about this baby. God, come down to us. It's about him. And we need to keep our eyes on Jesus if we're to have any kind of pure joy in our life. As we um, reflect on this, and I encourage you guys to just reflect on this, I, I hesitate to throw out application points because I don't believe that songs are meant to find application points to. I think that's silly to listen to a song and say, okay, what are the three application points that it has in my life, right? But I do encourage us to just reflect on what a song is speaking to us and what Mary is trying to create in us. That have I acknowledged the giver of this joy? Have I acknowledged God for who he is? And that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father in heaven. Every thing that, that would have pure joy in my life comes from God himself. Have I acknowledged who it is that gives us the joy? Have I received that gift? Do I know Jesus? Are my eyes fixed on him. And am I experiencing the full joy that's offered through him? Jesus himself says in John 10:10, 10, 10, "I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Have it abundantly. Have it overflowing." That's a life that Jesus has for us. Do we experience that? Do we experience that joy on a day-to-day basis? Or do we let everything and anything rob that joy from us? 
and steal that joy away and take our eyes off of him. We need to keep our eyes on the joy of this gift. We need to keep our eyes, especially in this season, on Jesus. In the midst of a season that is full of what I call joy killers. Right? I believe that this season is riddled with joy killers. I mean, this season is supposed to be about joy. We hang it up on this, on the town, whatever. We hang it up on every sign, you know, in our homes and on our houses and in the stores. We see it everywhere. Joy, 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 right? There it is, <laughs> right? Joy to the world. <laughs> Thank you. Prove my point. But at the same time, we're riddled with joy killers. Number one being consumerism. That the very idea of getting gifts for each other can steal our joy away. We're so consumed by getting the right gift or getting the wrong gift. Or, you know, we have to get this many gifts, whatever. We let that steal our joy away. And we're so consumed by the gadgets and the toys in our world, that it robs us of our joy because we try to find joy in them. And joy is not found in them. How about the family dynamics of this season? How many of you guys have family in town? About a third of this room is my family. Okay? (laughs) How many of you guys expect to have some sort of conflict or disagreement with your family this week. <laughs> you're, you're lying to yourself, okay? <laughs> okay, because it might happen, okay? I think, it, I think it will happen. It's a matter is if we allow it to steal our joy. <laughs> and On a more serious note, some of us have gone through loss. Many of us have gone through loss. And the holidays are a hard season. And some of us might have even lost someone this past year, and this is our first Christmas without them. And uh, I want to recognize the grief in that and the hurt. And I want to I point to a joy that's deeper than that. And a joy that can pull you through. Because it is hard. And through loss, it can be a joy stealer. But there's a joy that runs deeper than that. Amen. And there's a joy that God has for us that Jesus offers And we need to fix our eyes on him. As the author of Hebrews says it, let us throw every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us throw it off and run with perseverance the race that's marked out for you, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That for the joy set before him, 
He endured the cross. That's another message for another time. But we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. And we need to find this joy. And this joy is found in remembering God's promises regardless of our circumstances. Remembering God's promises regardless of our circumstances. And this is my prayer, that we would acknowledge him, that we would receive the gift, and that we would experience the joy that he has for us. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming down. God, thank you for sending your son. God, thank you that we don't have to live um, in the despair that our world sometimes shows us. But there's a deep, deep joy that you have for us. And I pray that we would be able to enter into it tonight, this week, and this next year. God, you have so many good things for us. God, just uh, let your presence be known to us and your joy be real. In Jesus' name, amen.